0: Let's take a ride into the minds of the faces on the train. Perceptions, influences, differences, and similitudes, one interactive moment at a time. If you've never been to a rock garden, I strongly recommend you go. Sometime in the 1940s, this guy, he gets laid off and he builds a sculpture garden with pebbles no bigger than a quarter. He built castles and bridges and fences and benches. Animals and Noah's Ark, he built all kinds of magical miniature structures in his tiny backyard. And there it is still. The whole world should come, even though it's only in Springfield, Ohio. The day I went, it was rainy, and no one else was there except for Christine. Faces on the train. Christine's mama. Looking for treasures was never good work for the faint of heart, nor for the under-inspired. Sweeter things in life have always had to be hunted, and invention was necessity's long-coveted crown. We sought and fought and reaped and sowed. Joy was made to be accompanied by effort. Kristen was an open-hearted woman, diligently so. But in all fairness, she knew no other way to be. Moving along the rocky coastline, she had calmed her chaotic anxiety to the ocean's roar. Her thoughts had been noisy and demanding, all speaking up at once like children in a nursery school at naptime. It was hot anger that had driven Kristen from the house. The storms of her ranting mother were burning through her, even with a mile of furious gait underfoot. She hiked to shed the rage of fiery feelings. Kristen was tall and lanky and an only child. Her gangly arms were spotted and matched the tones of her bushy orange hair. Kristen Lois Downey-Smith. She had a little brother once, a long-faded memory ago. Jason was Kristen's history now, and more so every day, before the age of language. Kristen Lois and Jason Collin had conversations while they played. Her mind held the exchanges of sentences and complicated thoughts exactly as they had been spoken between the inseparable pair. It was a rich expression, unequal to this day, but Kristen, in her adulthood, no longer searched for Jason's quiet voice. It came for years like clockwork with the first morning light and kept her secret company till bedtime every night. Jason's memory sat with Kristen as she built with blocks or any occupation of her wild imagination. Focused on piano for hours at the bench or tending with discipline to her short list of chores. She visited with Jason in such a manner as to eradicate the stark fact of his absence. He even followed her to school when she was an older girl, but Jason's voice had faded somehow. Somehow while waiting for Jason, Kristen Lois had become an adult child twin of her mother's deceased son. He was struck by a car running into the road. A freakish moment stole his life. And she cradled him as he bled, after the disobedience, after the accident, but before the grown-ups came. Kristen had made her peace. The fat one tumbled from the driver's seat, and the parents shot out of the screen door, but nothing brought her brother back. And after all, he was, until lately, only a heartbeat away. And there was where she kept him as their broken family went on, like a three-legged dog or a heavily dented old truck. Her heart stayed in constant contact with Jason, brother no more. She often wondered if Connecticut was not unlike the old northern shores of Ireland, but they had never been. Family had invited them, but Mama picked up the bottle after Jason died in the road, and Daddy's heart was withered beside the loss of his only son. He was a man who worked, and he returned, with never much to be said, not to Kristen, nor Mama, nor to anyone, really. They would never actually travel to Ireland. That was no longer who they were, for something else had died. The salty wind was taking the sting away. She and Mama had fought. Rather, Kristen dodged the darts of Mama's memories as they shot around like rockets to and fro about the house. But this day was the worst of them, and she knew time had come for her to go the way you talk to me. Throw yourself from the bridge, Mama. Slurs were passionate. Her bitter tongue slapped against the hint of ale and liquor. It was missing Jason that had done her in. A loss she did not sit in well. The empty parts of Mama were possessed. She must have sensed him as Kristen did herself. Though for Mama, there was no comfort, only madness. And she tried to quiet that with little sips of gin. Lots of them. Kristen walked along the rocks, traversing away from the pain in search of some answers in the wind, or something from the seagulls to punctuate her thoughts, or parted clouds spelling some magical destination. Her rapid stride begged nature to befriend her. Kristen needed her decisive mind, cleared and free from anger. Her home life had been a torment for some time. She had earned and saved more than ample to take flight, but so far her heart was glued to the memories of her brother. It was the staircase she could not leave. The eerie pull was not their shady tree-lined street or the room she shared with Jason alive. The warped wooden floor of the stairwell kept her from being grown. There was where she sat with Jason. On nights she could not rest. Kristen pushed the door open and there was Mama on the couch. Gray and cold, heavy breaths heaving her broken frame as she snored. On the open crossword in the Times with the Sharpie marker, Kristen scribbled out this note. Found it! Toolshed rental fitted with bath and kitchenette. "'Wanted to surprise you. Come for dinner Tuesday?' She had a burgundy gingham luggage set. Kristen leapt over an imaginary sea of playthings tossed about the floor. Matchbox cars, Legos, action figures, blocks, jacks, magnets, Barbies, crayons, and pickup sticks. She labored up the stairs, collecting memories of times they talked. "'Where do toys go when you throw them in the vent?' "'Why don't store snacks behind the couch?' "'Do not plug in the scissors, Jason Collin, no!' Her mommy voice, her teacher voice, and then her voice out loud. Jason's coming with me to no one in particular. No one was listening. They were not that kind of family anymore. Past the age and stage of needing to be rejected, first in charge of my little heart was a task that was neglected. Tall and bright and older now, self-hate has been rejected. Pain can only conquer us if shame chooses to protect it. We can train ourselves to respect our feelings and transform them into language so they can be shared. Audre Lorde, Sister Outsider. Faces on the Train is written, narrated, and produced by Felicia Chappelle with creative director, Will Walker. Audio engineering and production assistants, Mary Evans. Music composition, Umvikeli G. Scott Jones. Content editor, Connor Jameson. Special thanks to Bomani Moyenda. Graphics, Miss Hanifa Jones. Email us at info at womenworkwonders.com or follow us on Instagram at womenworkwonders. Wonders. Thank you to our entire production team and thank you very much to our listeners. Catch the next episode of Faces on the Train.